Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Could it be that Satan, by way of his demons, is attacking you with a spirit affair? And when you discern it as such, that's the first step to defeating the enemy. And instead of falling to it, falling apart because of it, being crippled because of it, you stand because you're strong in the Lord. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. Stand firm in the Lord. In today's message from Pastor J.D., he encourages us to lean on God's strength when we're facing spiritual warfare. As Christians, it's important to discern when Satan is attacking us with his spirit of fear, doubt, or discouragement. By recognizing his schemes and standing firm, we can be victorious in the Lord. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 6 with part 2 of his message, Satanic Attack. There is a difference between strength and power. And if you'll kindly permit me, I'll explain it by way of an illustration. So you have a man that is very muscular. And you look at him outwardly and you see this display of strength. But he displays his power when he puts those muscles to use. I mean, you look and go, wow, he's really strong. But you don't see the power until he puts that strength to use, right? So too is this true when it comes to our spiritual strength in the Lord. It's displayed and displays his power and might when it's put to use. I can be strong in the Lord, but the demonstration of that strength is not manifested in all of its power until it's put to use. And here's the reason that this is so important to understand that the strength is in the Lord and the power of his might. We're no match for the devil and his demons in our own strength, but the devil is no match for the Holy Spirit's power in his strength. I think about what Paul said about when he's weak, then he's strong. What does that mean? He realizes he's keenly aware of his own weakness, and in that weakness, he relies completely and totally upon the strength of the Lord. I think about David at one of the lowest points in his life when they come back to Ziklag and they realize that all of their wives and children had been kidnapped and taken captive and all of their dwellings had been burnt to the ground. Even his own men who had been so loyal to him turned on him and wanted to kill him. And what do we read David did? 
he strengthened himself in the Lord. What, what does that look like? Oh, you know, when you're in those situations in life, particularly when it comes to being under spiritual attack, satanic attack, and you're in the throes of spiritual warfare, oh, you get into the Word, the Word gets into you, and when the Word gets into you, it strengthens you and it encourages you. Is it not true that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God? That's where the strength comes. We're strengthened in our faith. We're encouraged in our faith. And we're empowered in our faith. Well, this brings us to the why, which is that when we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, it's in that strength, in his power, that we're able to stand against, and here's another word, the schemes of the devil. In other words, we're not going to fall prey to the devil Because we're going to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. By the way, the Ephesians knew a thing or two about satanic attack and demonic possession. And we know this because of the book of Acts, which tells us that many of the Christians there in Ephesus had come out of demon possession. So much so, Ephesus was actually known for the Ephesian book of spells. There, of course, was the very demonic worship at the temple of Diana, also known as the temple of Artemis, where unspeakable things took place. Very demonic, very satanic. And these Ephesians had come out of that background. Now let's get to the how. I want to spend time on the how, because this to me is most important. And I really need for you to believe you, me, Satan does not want you to hear this teaching. I would suggest even now he's bringing thoughts and distractions to your mind about things you got to do later on today, and even this week and tonight. Please don't let him do that. He did it to me trying to prepare this. So I really need for you, and I would just humbly ask that you really concentrate and think through what I'm going to share with you. The most important thing we can do is to know who the enemy is and is not. Stay with me, please. This again is where specific words come into play, and this one has to do with the word struggle. I think it's better translated wrestle, and here's why. Wrestling is a full contact and very exhausting sport and endeavor, and to me, that's an apt description of what the Apostle Paul, by the Spirit of God, is saying here. See, we're wrestling, wrestling. I think of Jacob wrestling with the Lord all night. 
That was Jesus, a Christophany as it's called, a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Jesus the Christ. And he's wrestling. This is full on, full contact. And that kind of changes the complexion of the exhortation from the Apostle Paul, doesn't it? Because what he's saying is, is that we are wrestling full contact with specific entities of different rankings in the spiritual realm and not people. He delineates these entities as first rulers, second authorities, third powers of this dark world, and fourth spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. That's quite a bit, isn't it? Think of it in in these terms. It's like in the military, you have certain rankings, higher rankings that rule over these other authorities that are subordinate to those that are in that position of authority over them. Satan has his minions, his demons, and he's given them this authority in the spiritual realm, in the heavenly realm, and he's given them assignments. I know this might jam some gears, but I'm going to jam your gears in Jesus' name. (laughs) You know, we know that God has a plan for our lives, right? Well, guess what? Satan has a plan for our lives too. And he assigns his minions based on that plan. What is his plan? Oh, Jesus said it this way. His plan, his purpose, his strategy, his scheme, which I want to talk about in a a moment, is that he comes to, notice the order, steal, kill, and destroy. That's his plan for your life. He wants to destroy your life. He hates your guts. He hates your guts. Have a nice afternoon. But Jesus loves your guts. And that might sound a little dorky, but you'll never forget it because I said it that way, right? He hates you. He hates everything about you because he hates Jesus the Christ. And this is where I want to zero in on another specific word, and it's the word schemes. Another translation renders it the wiles of the devil. I kind of like that. We don't use that word. Could you imagine somebody using that word? Wow. <laughs> the what? Wiles? What? You're going to be gone for a wiles? What? The wiles. You know what that word wiles means? Strategies. The subtle schemes of Satan. And it carries this idea of being under the radar. Really subtle. Genesis 3.1 says that the serpent was more subtle than any animal of the field. This subtle, scheming, slithering snake. I emphasize that because... To be subtle is to go undetected and unrecognized. And is that not what he does? 
If you were to ask me what I thought was one of Satan's most successful, and there are many, sadly, but most successful schemes and strategies against the Christian, this would have to be it. Doing his destruction without detection. That would have to be it, at least right at the top of the list. He does it so subtly that we don't even know it's him. (laughs) He's the one that's behind that set of circumstances in your life, by the way. And here all this time you thought it was them. No, it's not them. It's Satan working through them. Yeah, but they're a Christian. Oh, that's even worse. What are you saying? Come on, pastor. Are you saying that Satan can work through a Christian? Yes. Yes. Paul, writing to Timothy in his second epistle. Listen to this. He's exhorting Timothy as a pastor, saying, Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. I I love the honesty of God's word. And here's why. Because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope, listen, that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses, yeah, and escape from the trap of the devil. What? Timothy's a pastor. This is written to a church, to Christians. What are you talking about, Paul? You're saying Christians in the church Need to come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil? Yeah. What? Yeah. You want to know why? Because the devil has taken them captive to do his will. (laughs) Some of you are looking at me like, you know, I was doing okay until you got to this part. (laughs) That explains a lot, doesn't it? Here's the point. Satan so subtly undetected, takes captive the Christian to do his bidding so that now we're wrestling, struggling, fighting, arguing with them instead of him. And wouldn't you agree that there's no chance of us ever Tasting from the cup of victory if we're fighting the wrong battle and warring against the wrong enemy. Satan loves that. He could take the rest of the day off. He doesn't. Mission accomplished. And he does it in the church. Oh, he hates the church because of what the church represents. And by the way, I'll say, and I hope you don't misunderstand me when I say this, but he really hates this church. Because this is a loving church. My, how they love one another. They must be disciples of Jesus. Because Jesus said, they're going to know that you're my disciples when they see how much you love one another. He hates that. There's an astonishing account, and I'll bring it in 
for a landing here. It's in Matthew's gospel, the 16th chapter and the 23rd verse. And it's really quite stunning because it's on the heels of just moments ago, Jesus asking, when we, for those of you who go to Israel, with this, this, this happened at Caesarea Philippi, a very fascinating place that we go to visit. And so Jesus asks his disciples, who do, who do people say that I am? And then he says and asks them, who do you say that I am? And Peter, bless his heart, had the right answer. He goes, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Good answer, Peter. Upon the rock of this confession, please, that's not the Catholic church. Upon the rock of that confession, Peter, I will build my church. Could you imagine Peter looking around and going, did you hear that, guys? <laughs> kind of like what he might have done. I, I know it's not in the account, but it's kind of like what he might have done when Jesus said to him on that boat in that storm in the Sea of Galilee, when he said, bid me come, and Jesus said, come, and he steps out of the boat, and he's walking on water, and he takes his eyes off the Lord. I kind of wonder, again, I, I might be reading too much into it, you'll forgive me, but I kind of wonder if the reason why he took his eyes off of Jesus is because he turned around to the disciples and goes, ha, ha, check it out, man, I'm walking on water, nah, 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 nah. boom, down he goes. Okay, I guess we'll find out in heaven, but so here on the heels of Jesus commending him for answering correctly concerning Jesus being the Christ. And Peter now is protesting what he just got done saying about going to the cross. Listen to what Jesus says to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> what? Yeah. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Did you catch that? Satan had taken Peter captive to do his bidding. The last thing that Satan wants is Jesus going to the cross. Because on that cross, he will pay in full for the sins of all mankind, for all eternity and render Satan a defeated foe with the victory of the resurrection. He's got to do everything he can to try to stop it. And so he fills Peter's heart, Peter, to do his bidding. Here's the bottom line. The devil influences people. The devil influences circumstances and it's to get us wrestling with flesh and blood instead of him. And that's the takeaway for today. And by the way, this is the first step to standing strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We have to know who the enemy is. This requires, and we're going to talk about this when we get into the armor, but this involves spiritual discernment, a discernment of spirits. Let me just, I probably should maybe explain that just a little bit before we close. So you've got a situation in your life, and it's very perplexing, very troubling, very disturbing, very distressing. 
and you need discernment. Okay, Lord, let me be more specific. You're going about your day. Everything's fine. And all of a sudden, this, this fear hits you out of nowhere. Whoa, where'd that come from? What's this about? And now you need that spiritual discernment because you need to figure out what is the basis of the source of that fear that has come upon me. I mean, out of nowhere, could it be that Satan, by way of his demons, is attacking you with a spirit of fear? And when you discern it as such, that's the first step to defeating the enemy. And instead of falling to it, falling apart because of it, being crippled because of it, you stand because you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You can fill in the blanks with something other than fear. How about depression? I'll just be very candid by way of a personal, you know, reference. You'll forgive my personal reference, but there have been so many times in my life where I'm just, you know, going about my day and all of a sudden I just, I just, this discouragement sets in and The discouragement gives way to despair, and the despair gives way to a full-blown depression. I'm going, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, I'm the most blessed man on the planet, and I have no reason to be so discouraged. I can't trace it to anything or even anyone. And then I realize, oh. And you know, here's the thing. Well, Lord willing, talk about this um, and this will be my final closing, by the way, and then we'll get to the prophecy update. But this is the timing of it. Again, Satan is, you know, he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He stalks us and he waits for that optimum time to attack us. And he knows we're most vulnerable when we're tired. Many years ago, my wife and I made a decision that we would never discuss weighty issues at night when we're tired. Because they would always end up into an argument. pastors don't call it uh, arguments. We just call them intense fellowship as one shared. So anyway, so we wait until the morning when his mercies are new every morning and we've had a good night's sleep. Boy, I tell you, a good night's sleep can make all the difference. And we go to prayer and then we tackle those issues. But Satan knows when you're the most vulnerable and that's when he attacks. Stand. Don't fall. In Jesus' name. Community is so important to a growing relationship with Jesus. We weren't meant to walk this Christian life alone. God has blessed us with spiritual brothers and sisters, all imperfect people serving a perfect creator. We will find ourselves in times of trial as we deepen our faith and follow Jesus. So we need to have a community of believers to lean on. Your church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. In turn, you provide the same for them. Have you found a group of Jesus followers that you can invest in? If you're in the Kaneohe area and don't have a church, we would be more than happy to welcome you into our family. 
Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Before our time is through with you today, we want to tell you how you can listen to more editions of In Spirit and Truth. Did you know you can take In Spirit and Truth on the go by downloading our mobile app? In our fast-paced world, it's easy to let the time we'd spend in the Bible slip into the back of the line of things to get done in a day. When you download our mobile app, however, you'll have verse-by-verse studies in the Bible available right at your fingertips to listen to whenever and wherever you go. You'll find a link to the app at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Join us next time as we continue in the book of Ephesians on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true